it's real and it's proof and also it's more rare than having housewives and, and corporate vice presidents say you're good. Hey podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey everybody, we're back again for another edition of the podcast. I'm David Allen. And today we have a very interesting guest, his personal friend of mine, and uh, we've come closer here in the last couple months because I'm in uh, New Orleans visiting and uh, doing a little magic, as they say. And I have uh, another magician friend of mine who works in an entirely different venue, in fact, several venues, and he does a lot of marketing. His marketing skills go back decades. And so uh, I would like to welcome Joel Ray to the show. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) How are you? I'm fine, and I like how you worked in that I'm an old guy. My <laughs> marketing skills go back many decades. Yes, Dave. Yes, Dave. I'm old as original sin. <laughs> or as the director of my TV show used to tell his parents, uh, not his parents, I'm sorry, his daughters, she used to say uh, that uh, Joel is as old as dinosaur dung. <laughs> well, your social insurance number was like three or something. Wasn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But that's our little secret, Dave. Thank you for telling everybody and ruining it. Now, uh, take us back, because mm-hmm. you're a full-time magician. That's right. Here. I do this for a living. Yep. Right. Yeah, I don't have a real job. Yeah, do you don't magic. have like another day job or anything. No, people ask me that. What's your day job? I go, this is my day job, my night job, my all-the-time job. <laughs> so take us back to the beginning of all this. Like, mm-hmm. How did you get into magic, and then how did you you know, transition into the venues that you're in now? Okay. Uh, I'll make it short on how I got into magic because this is a marketing uh, podcast. So I'll get heavily into the marketing really quick. Uh, briefly, how I got into magic is a, a cliche thing like most people. Uh, I got interested as a kid. I was six years old. I got interested in magic at six. Uh, but So I guess I was maybe six and a half at that time. You know, I was in my sixth year. And for my eighth birthday, I got a magic set. And I've been doing it ever since. So uh, 10 years now. 10 years. So that's a joke. You folks don't, can't see me, but I'm well over. I'm well over 18. I, that's a joke. Yeah, I got into magic. I got a magic sense when I was eight, and I've been doing it 10 years now. But you wasted now, the first yeah. seven years of your life. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Diver. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm 60 years old, so that's why when people see me, they get the joke. I'm sorry. It's, a, it's sort of a visual component to that joke. But the, the important thing from a marketing standpoint is that... Um, I wanted to be a magician for a living when I was, say, about 14 is when it really hit me. And I was, uh, well, really even earlier than that in junior high. But I would say somewhere in high school, I really wanted to be a magician for a living. And I'm thinking to myself, um, how can you do that? And I realized the difference between somebody who makes a living as a magician and somebody who doesn't is they work more. Right. And usually the overhead isn't much because you can be a professional magician out of your house or your apartment. In other words, you don't need a separate office or a warehouse. So the overhead isn't what kills you. It's you don't get enough work. You don't have enough revenue coming in. So then I I just sat down and thought about it almost commonsensically. I said uh, to myself, well, how do you get work? 
And I just, at that level, I knew I wasn't uh, going to get an agent or anything. And also, I grew up in Louisiana, so they weren't big-time theatrical agents. So I realized it would be up to me. So how do you get work? And then I realized, well, through marketing. Uh, at first, I did just advertising, but then I learned about marketing as, a, as an entire concept, not just advertising, a, a publicity, a PR, um, all aspects of promoting yourself. And um, so I studied marketing on my own, mostly. Now, my dad made me go to college. I wanted to become a professional magician right out of high school, and that would have probably not been my best move, you know. Right. Um, he had the, the, the greater maturity of get a good education. My dad used to tell people, you can be a bum if you want to be, but you're going to be educated. Right. So I tell people that's what I became, an educated bum. <laughs> but... Uh, Bless you for laughing at the jokes, Dave. Thank you. Uh, so then what I, I got interested in magic, I mean, excuse me, in marketing. Say both M words, magic and marketing. I was interest, already interested in magic, and I got interested in marketing. And I got really serious about it, a little in high school. But in college, I got really serious about it. I took some marketing classes, and I had a wonderful marketing professor in particular that opened up uh, some doors for me and mentally doors right. and then but what I where I really learned marketing and probably like most of the people listening to us right now is self-study right you know reading everything I get my hands on um, I go back to when also when you got courses in marketing they were on cassettes cassettes right. and they always had a manual <laughs> and uh, audio cassettes they came out one of those foam, like foamy style, like things that clip, to, you know, close yes. together. Absolutely, we're going way back. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and I've read all of the uh, the major marketing minds that I'm sure, you know, everybody listening has. Uh, I guess Dan Kennedy. Everybody is a, a disciple of Dan Kennedy's in one yeah, way or another. Yeah, we always on uh, the show we've said in the past and. and Many people say elsewhere that all roads lead to Dan Kennedy. Basically. That's that that says it very well because, uh, for instance, Dave D has taught a lot of people, but he learned through Dan, and there's been other marketers who've learned through Dan. But uh, I read everybody. Uh, you and I at, at dinner tonight were talking about a recent trout, and uh, uh, also that's another thing too. Uh, Dave is uh, visiting me at, at uh, my home. This is his first time here, and I showed him my, you know, book collection on uh, marketing books. But I've also read a lot, and I I want to put this here on the podcast because I think it would benefit your listeners, Dave. Um, what I call the allied arts to marketing. See, in magic, we have allied arts like ventriloquism, juggling, you know, the other Fair variety of arts, yeah. uh, balloon twisting. I mean, right. you know, the other variety artists are allied to magicians. Well, in marketing, I would say the allied arts are, um, like if you're going to study publicity, right. uh, persuasion, right. uh, negotiation. Right. Um, these charisma. are Charisma, yes. I've, I'm reading some excellent books on charisma, and I, and I had a, a course in charisma, uh, again, audio cassette course, I think. Right. Might be might be CDs, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, but all these things would be allied to marketing, you know, because you persuasion uh, goes hand in hand with marketing negotiating um right. you know charisma i mean if if everybody's repulsed by you how effective is your marketing going to be right you know if you can't write effective marketing right. so 
let's let's get into the more of the nitty gritty stuff sure. of like uh, now you work a number of different what we'll call venues mm -hmm. for the uninitiated. So this would be different places you do your magic. Right. So this is like restaurants, uh, preschool shows for toddlers, uh, summer camps is big. You do summer camps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, how did you initially get the first few gigs that you were paid for? Like, what? how did you uh, find those? And then take us through the, the evolution of, like, your system that you used okay. to acquire uh, work. Well, going way back, I just did birthday parties. I've been going back to when I was in high school. I did almost exclusively birthday parties. Uh, I didn't even know of other uh, venues then. Uh, occasionally, things would fall in my lap. I did a breakfast with Santa at a McDonald's, yeah. and I opened for Santa Claus. And ironically, something like 30 years later, I put together a package where I worked with another magician, a, a, a retired magician, uh, Dick Oslin, who I've mm -hmm. mentioned. He played Santa Claus, and I opened for Santa Claus, and I sold it as a package to uh, daycares and preschools during the holiday season. And so, you know, Santa's the bigger star, so I did an abbreviated 15 to 20 minute magic show, then I'd bring Santa Claus on. Nice. And then he would do the usual thing where, you know, he'd listen to what they want for Christmas, that kind of thing. Um, how I get the, uh, the uh, engagements I get now, um, the methods vary. One of the most effective methods for me are postcards. Right. I use postcards in, in most of the markets I pursue. Um, and the reason I use postcards is, as you know, the challenge of uh, regular mail is getting the, the envelope opened. Right. And a lot of people see the return address and they put it in a circular file, the garbage can. That's right. So postcards, why I use postcards? They're already open. Uh, they're less expensive to mail at the time where we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Postcards are 35 cents and first class mail is 49 cents. Right. So, and that matters when you start mailing out hundreds and hundreds. Right. That little, those... You know, that 14 cent difference adds up, correct. So for every 100, you're saving $14 by sending postcards as opposed to first class mail. Also, I've structured my postcards to where almost all of them are three paragraphs with a picture and a caption. And those of you that know marketing know you should always include a picture. And if you include a picture, you always include a caption. Also, I, um, the reason my postcards tend to be three paragraphs is I've timed it. You can read the postcard in 20 seconds. And what that does for me is, since they're already open and you can read them in 20 seconds, I get in your head, even if you're not interested. Right. When you look at it, you I've got my message through to right. you. Also, I use the dual track method for people that just read headlines and captions and look at right. pictures. And then the other track would be people that read every word. Right. So postcards are big for me. Um, I'm trying to think of other marketing methods I use. Postcards are really, really strong for me. Oh, I have a booker who um, telephone solicits for me. She calls the, so the she's venues. calling people. Uh, yes, yes. And in some but, cases, call, calling back to past engaged mm -hmm. people have engaged you in the past. Correct. Now it's it's cold calling from the recipient standpoint, right. but she's working from a list. Right. In other words, she's not working from the phone book or something. Right. She's working from a list of uh, summer camps or a list of uh, restaurants or whatever. Now, with restaurants, she tries to just get me an appointment, and I go close in person. Right. That's another thing I would say that's an allied art to marketing is selling. Um, in my life, I've done some, uh, well, more than some, a lot of uh, what they call belly-to-belly -belly selling. Right. And Dan Kennedy touches on the importance of that. So is Zig Ziglar, correct. 
so I can also belly to belly sell. I can close. I can sell. Right. And uh, my friend Dave here was asking me how you get restaurants, and there's a slow way and a fast way. The slow way is to send postcards over a long period of time, for instance, every three weeks for a year, and they know who you are, and then when you go in and talk to them, they've heard of you. Right. And the fast way is to just go into the restaurant and break out a deck of cards and show your waitress some card tricks, and then right. she wants to so show great, other waitresses. Great spectacle of sorts. Exactly, and then the manager comes over, what's this about, and you impress everybody in sight, and then you never, the key there though is to never ask for a job where they suggest that maybe you do some magic there at their restaurant. Right. But that's the quicker way. Right. It's like a, like, it's like a bolder yet more subtle in some ways. Yes. Because yes. you're not asking outright for a job, you're kind of saying, oh, this is a nice place, you know, I used to do this. And uh, mm -hmm. maybe you fudge a little on the. Uh, well, in my case now, uh, the used to do it is a uh, Bill Malone line. In my case, I would say that I do it now, but I do it somewhere else. Right. But I take still the Bill Malone approach psychologically in that I come off as I don't need any more work. Right. This you is the see. classic, you know, if you don't need it, people chase you. Mm -hmm. They chase what moves away from them, all those kind of ideas. The key is to, I would say, if you're going to use that technique, to never ask for a job. I think it's really hard to go into a restaurant cold or even with an appointment, say you you phoned and make an, made an appointment, mm -hmm. and uh, to to pitch yourself because you, and that can be one of the weaknesses of selling in general outside sales where you go and solicit, mm -hmm. you know, not where they come into you, right. is you there's a sort of a psychological standpoint of your you've got your hat in your hand so to speak. Right. You're coming to them. Yes, and you're you're asking them for a job or them to buy your product. Say I just walk in off the street and I'm selling bottled water. To some degree, I have my hat in, in my hand, you know, right. please buy what I'm selling. Right. Now, are there other ways in your marketing that you try to set up that, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, positioning over a dinner, you know, is there other psychological things you're doing amongst your marketing to sort of uh, give that impression maybe that you aren't the hat in the hand guy, even mm -hmm. though you're outreaching with the postcards and so forth? Because you have, and I think I could answer this partially for mm -hmm. you because I mean, you have a TV show. Yes. You have other things that uh, go on. Well, let me tell you real quick. Yeah, this keeps me from appearing to have my hat in my hand. Um, and again, it's sort of, I don't know, people want to work with you when you don't appear to need the work. <laughs> um, but one of the things that a lot of marketing books will tell you to do is to, to offer social proof. Um, that you're good and this doesn't have to just do with magic anything you know the product I sell and uh, could be say I'm selling like Ginsu knives or something and Mrs. such-and-such such says it's the best knife she ever used or Mrs. such-and-such such says he's the best magician I've ever seen you see what I'm saying you get they say get testimonials as social proof right. I think just for me now because I know everybody out there can't have their own TV show right. but for me the TV show is stronger social proof that I'm good at what I do or I'm qualified than a testimonial. I personally don't like testimonials because, and you could call me a cynic here, but there there are things where a cynic could, could dismiss a testimonial. I'll give you for instance, Dave, you're a friend of mine, so let's say you say in a testimonial, David Allen says that Joel raised great. Yeah, he's the best okay. I've ever seen. Best I've ever seen. Well, you're a friend doing me a favor. Right. Uh, okay, so that could be a cynical view. Right. 
um, let's say it's a legitimate testimonial. You're David Allen, you're vice president of so-and-so, and and you're saying you had me at a corporate function and I was great, and it's legitimate. Again, how does the cynic know it's legitimate? Right. You see? Okay, so first I could think you're a friend. Uh, Number two, it could be legitimate, but I'm dismissing it because I have doubts. Um, Number three, oh, and this is another thing, too. It is legitimate, but I don't know you. Right. So I don't care what Mr. Vice President says. Right. You see, so many testimonies. And then the third one is, and this is the worst when they think this, it's made up. Right. Just totally made up. There is no David Allen. I made you up. Yeah, they make the mistake of putting like, uh, you know, uh, D... Alan. Oh, that's another thing, yeah. too. Yeah, with the testimonial, I couldn't track you down yeah. if I wanted to verify it. You know, if I say David Allen, vice president of Exxon, yeah. uh, Northeast region based yeah. in New York it's City. I could Yes, if somebody really wanted to, we could find you in the New right. York City office. But yeah, if I just say D. Allen of, uh, of New York State says. Yeah. Yeah, no, not good. Yeah. But I just think even legitimate testimonials um, are largely worthless. Right. But my TV show, well, you can find my TV show. You can watch it. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 it's real and it's proof. And also, it's more rare than having housewives and, and corporate vice presidents say you're good. Yeah. That's, that's common. And for instance, if you can't get corporate vice presidents or housewives to say you're good, you can make it up. Right. Yeah, it's almost like so commonplace that people dismiss it because yes. it's so because everyone has testimonials and that is a popular way to do it, of course. But like you said, you know, another way to do the testimonials too, of course, which uh, is to have, which I believe I, I first heard from John Carlton, which is to have the testimonials specifically tailored. If you're going to have testimonials, have them specifically tailored to the specific objections. So you know, this person, let's say, uh, you know, it's a magic. Uh, let's say you're, uh, you know, it's a family-friendly uh, show, so the objection might be, uh, the last magician we ha- hired for a little Timmy's birthday party, uh, he worked kind of on the fringe of uh, good taste, mm-hmm. let's say, but because your testimony says no, we had Joel Ray to our party, and he is the most family-friendly, kid-friendly show in Louisiana. Yeah, that helps if it's if it's right to the point. Um, it's overcoming that specific objection. What what I what I wanted to say uh, about though still what I would advise your your listeners to do if they can, is to do their own version of what I've done, where my TV show is my social proof, and right. it's better than testimonials. For instance, what I would advise you to do, is if you could get a picture, with a celebrity, and get them to give you a testimonial. So say Brad Pitt, the movie star, says, you know, he saw you work and you were great, and he's got you've got a picture of you with Brad Pitt. So that they know who, that's another thing. See, they don't know who Mrs. Such-and-Such, a housewife that says right. you're great is, and they don't know who the corporate vice president is, but they know who Brad Pitt is. Right. So there's your real strong social proof. And, and he just packs weight because he's a major celebrity. Right. Um, I don't care what your politics are. Maybe you like the president or maybe you don't. But you've got a picture with the president and the president says you're good. Yeah. You know, or, I mean... In that case, it almost doesn't matter who the president is. It's like the No, president. it's the idea that he's the, he's president, the president of the United States. It's not, you yeah. know, your politics. It's like someone I'm, you know, who yes. should know the difference between good and bad. Sure. Well, yeah. well, also, uh, uh, movie stars, there's people that would like, for instance, Brad Pitt and people that don't. Yeah. But he's got the cachet of Brad Pitt, a yeah. major movie star, said, I'm good. If you can, And also, maybe you can think up a way of... of uh, 
of social proof that's not the, the normal testimonial, as, as I've done with the TV show. Mm -hmm. Think up your own way, but something that, that surpasses the average testimonial is social proof. Right. One other thing I wanted to touch on, you were talking about giving an example of, you know, the testimonial being customized to the event, like right. it was a great children's show yeah. and it was wholesome, and right. or it was the best corporate right. presentation we've seen, okay? Right. In my marketing, and this is advice I could give to your listeners, I custom tailor all my marketing to the different, I use the term venue, I tend right. to use the term market. Right. For instance, um, summer camps are a market for me, restaurants right. are a market for me. Right. Um, but this is the point I wanted to make here, and, it, and I hope you guys are listening and girls listening to this would do this with your marketing. If you're gonna market to a certain market, make it look like that's what you do, for instance, and, and that's all you do. Mm -hmm. For instance, the, the restaurants that get my postcards, it appears that I'm a restaurant magician and that's how I make my living solely. I only work restaurants. Um, daycares and preschools that get a postcard for me, it looks like I'm a daycare preschool magician and that's all I work. Summer camps, they don't even know what other things I do, but I'm, I've got a summer camp show. I call it the Summer Fun Magic Show. Right. The, the, the point is, People hire specialists. What really makes you look bad, and it's not just in magic, it's in any area. Like say you're a marketing right. consultant. Really to claim you're a marketing expert in every area, in radio, TV, print, right. internet, come on. Right. Well, it's the same thing with magic. I, I do kids parties and everything else. Right. No. You know, you know, see, now, by the way, since I mentioned working different markets, it may seem like I'm contradicting myself. I'm not. I work the family market. I work the, uh, the G-rated, you know, mom and pop and the kids market. So um, I do very little corporate. And um, when I do the mom and pop and the kids market, I do it as a character called Dr. Magic. When I work strictly for adults in a coat and tie, I'm, I'm Joel Ray. But see, that's again what I'm talking about. I separate the markets. Right. It's like, yeah. You're tailing everything specifically for that niche. Correct. Right. Correct. You can't. People don't like a jack of all trades. They really don't. Yeah, because it's like you're a master of nothing then. Right? Correct. And even in the G rated mom and pop market, they only know me for the specific sub market, I guess you would say, that I'm in. Right. Because, I mean, your postcards say stuff like, you know, exact verbiage is but it's like the world's greatest preschool magician or something or the world's greatest restaurant you know it's mm -hmm. specifically tailored so like you seem like you're that's like you said they, that's, that's all exactly I do exactly all you do right. and you're the best at this one thing even though you Correct. do all these markets they don't know that right you know so because they're hiring a specialist right so how do people get a hold of you if they want to uh, well it depends if you want um, family type entertainment um, you you can learn about me at drmagicworld.com. I always abbreviate the doctor, so that's D-R, magic, normal spelling, M-A-G-I-C, world, normal spelling, all run together because it's a website, drmagicworld.com. That'll tell you all about me. I have a number of websites for Dr. Magic. That's my main booking site. If you'd like to look at my TV show, it's drmagicshow.com. Right. Now that's mainly you're going to see my TV show, and uh, it's a kid show. I got to warn you, you adults out there, it's a, a kiddie show. Then I have a fan site, drmagicminions.com. Again, abbreviate doctor, normal spelling on magic, normal spelling on minions.com, and that's my fan site because 
a Dr. Magic fan is a magic minion. Right. The Grateful Dead, the band The Grateful Dead, have the deadheads, right. I have the magic minions. Right. Uh, and that's a fan site. Now, for you adults listening, on Dr. Magic Minions, there's a internet-only show, besides my over-the-air TV show. Right. See, on drmagicshow.com, it's my over-the-air half-hour show just on the internet. Right. Those episodes are a half-hour. On drmagicminions.com, there's a show called Moments with Dr. Magic that's internet-only. Right. Each episode's only 10 minutes long, about 10 minutes. And there's three questions and three magic tricks. There's no commercials. It's made for the Internet. There's no TV commercials. And what I do is I answer questions about magic that people have asked me over the years. I'm sure you've gotten these questions, Dave. Do magicians use their sleeves? Modern magicians. Was Houdini the greatest magician of all time? And when I asked... When I'm working, I might give a flip or a joking answer. On the show, I give an honest answer, a straight answer. And in between, I do a magic trick. So I answer a question, do a magic trick, answer a question, do a magic trick. I do three questions, three tricks, and the show's over. That's why it's 10 minutes. So for you adults, um, Dr. Magic um, uh, Minions is the website, and and Moments with Dr. Magic is the TV show, well, the Internet-only show. And you might enjoy that more than the Dr. Magic show, which is a kiddie show. Those are three ways to, and and all the websites have how to get in touch with me. Now, if you would like to have Joel Ray, that's my real name, uh, entertain at an adult function, say a cocktail party with classical music in the background, and we're sipping wine, and it's all so sophisticated. It's all so sophisticated where I'm wearing a coat and tie and I'm not Dr. Magic, you would go to magicjoel.com. Again, normal spelling on magic, normal spelling on Joel, J-O-E-L, magicjoel.com, and that's my website for adult functions and coat and tie type stuff. So that's how you can get in touch with me. Very nice, very nice. This hour has literally flown by. Joel's dropped all sorts of great marketing knowledge uh, and a lot of just stuff that's like fundamentals that are good to review too because people you know you got to start the uh, keep the fundamentals sharp and keep those things rolling and joel has made his whole career you know out of taking these uh you know very simple but often uh overlooked and underutilized things like postcards and stuff to to keep his uh, magic revenue streams uh cranking and his his shows uh you know coming in by the truckload and joel it's been a pleasure to have you on the show Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. And for everybody else, we'll be back again next week, hopefully with somebody as uh, semi-good-looking and knowledgeable as Joel. (laughs) You're too kind. (laughs) There is one simple question that will determine the success of your business. In fact, at a recent meetup I attended, not one in 16 business owners had an exact answer. What's even worse is almost none of them had any answer at all. If you're interested in that question and you want to find a simple answer that will ultimately determine the future success of your business, you need to go over to MakeWordsPay.com and sign up right now. You will immediately start getting business building emails that not only show you the simple question and how to get the answer, but will also show you how to leverage that answer to radically grow your business in a matter of a few short weeks. Just go over to MakeWordsPay.com. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. 
Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Oh,